world. I'm Rochelle Indra, a life coach here to teach you the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. Our society has a vested interest in keeping you stuck and unhappy so that you will try to buy your way out of it. But that's where I come in. I'm here to teach you how to give them all the middle finger. Week by week, I'll share bite-sized strategies on tackling overwhelm, onboarding good habits, creating boundaries, and actionable steps to rewire your brain to actually work for you instead of against you. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, hello, and welcome to the season finality of the shit they should have taught us in school but didn't. I am your host, Rochelle Indra, and yes, it is very sad but true. This is the season finale. Why is this the season finale? Because I am going to Europe. I am going by myself to Europe for three months to start looking at uh, countries that I may want to live in part-time, maybe five or six months of the year, or perhaps use the digital nomad visa and start living one to three years in another country. Um, For those of you who have been following me for a while, you may already know this, but I am somebody who a couple years ago had sort of like a mini breakdown, a mini panic attack, a little bit of depression, and I got really sad that my life had not turned out the way I had expected it to that I didn't have the American dream I was sold would make me happy. I didn't have the husband. I didn't have the children. I didn't have the house and the white picket fence and the dog in the yard. My dog was tiny and afraid of the yard. So I didn't have all these things that society sold me. This is what you need to be happy. And as you guys know, I've made a whole career out of reminding people that you don't have to have all those things for happiness. But at this point in my life, it had made me really sad. And it can be, as much as I talk about how great it is to be single and not be in a relationship or not have children or live your life the way you want to, it can also be isolating, right? I'm 40 years old. All of my friends, most of my friends have children. Most of my friends are in a partnership of some sort, whether that's marriage or just a long-term relationship, have found their person, and I haven't, right? I don't even have a job that ties me down to a location. And I got really upset and I got really depressed one night and I was just sobbing in the bathtub. And I just got to the point where I said, I can't feel sorry for myself anymore. I can't cry anymore. I've let myself do that. I now need to life coach myself out of the situation. What would I tell myself if I was my own client? And I would say, okay, you have looked at all the things you don't have, all the things that everybody else seems to quote unquote, right? Seems to have. And you don't have those things. So you're well aware of all those things you don't have. But what do you have? What do you have that those people don't have? And I immediately realized it was the ability to travel. It was the ability to go wherever I want, whenever I wanted. And so I told my dog at the time, I had a small dog, and I said, hey, look, I'm going to start making plans for living abroad, for opening my business to being a business that exists in many countries, um, to make it an international uh, business. So when you're ready to go and move over that rainbow bridge, I'm going to do this. I'm going to wait until you're ready. And he was old at the time. And I said, I'm going to wait until you're ready to go. And when you leave, I'm going to go on to this next chapter. And um, he died about six or eight months later. And so I started making these plans and 
I'm excited and I'm terrified and I'm all the things that you could ever imagine you are when you are embarking on a journey of going to another country, several other countries where you don't necessarily speak the language um, and working from there and being alone for that amount of time. Um, I may or may not meet people. I don't know. Um, I'm a control freak. So this idea of not being in control and going with the flow and going where the universe takes me is exciting and absolutely petrifying at the same time. I will be starting out in the Netherlands. I'm going to spend about a week in um, Amsterdam. And then um, I'm going to probably spend another couple of weeks traveling around um, some of the smaller uh, cities in the Netherlands. And then I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to go from there. Um, there's a lot of countries with the digital nomad visa. Um, so I may, I'm going to look at a lot of those. One of the many multitude of reasons that I became a life coach, one of them was this ability to travel, this ability to work remote, do it from anywhere. When I went to coaching school, all of my professors um, lived in uh, in dual places, right? Most of them lived half the year in San Francisco and half the year in Bali. Not a shitty life, huh? Um, one of them lived half the year in San Francisco and half the year in Tokyo. So um, it was absolutely incredible. And I thought that would be amazing someday. So I knew that this was somewhere in the back of my brain that this was going to happen. And like I said, monkey passed away and the time is now to do this. So I'm going to be shooting podcasts from there, but I didn't know what my internet would be. I didn't know what I'm going to be doing. I didn't want to tie myself down too much. I want to really just lean into my spirituality, lean into trusting the universe to take me where I need to go. Um, trusting my body's innate ability to know what feels like home, know what feels like home. Um, I've moved around a lot in my lifetime. Um, it's something I enjoy doing. I have not, I did a study abroad in the UK um, when I was specifically London when I was younger and it was a city that felt like home. I moved to Portland, Oregon specifically because it reminded me of, um, of London. And for those of you who've lived internationally or spent a lot of time in another country, it is fascinating how another country and another culture can feel like home. Um, and I've had that experience in London and I've felt very called to the Netherlands. It's not something I ever thought of before, but it has just called me over and over and over again. So I am going and I'm going to see, and maybe I'll get there and have a great, wonderful time for three months and then realize, oh, that's a fun place to visit. And nope, Oregon is for me and I'll come home. So we will see what it will be, but I didn't want to um, have the pressure of making content while I'm there, or excuse me, is making podcast content while I'm there. I will still be doing TikToks. I will still be doing Instagram. So please, please follow me in those places if you want to follow my journey. Of course, I'm going to be shooting in these gorgeous places. I'll be talking about what the experience is like to go as a woman all by yourself to another land and try to navigate things and figure things out and what it's like emotionally, mentally, spiritually to be alone and depend on yourself fully for three months. It's going to be a lot of alone time. And I love myself. I, I'm my best friend, but whoo, you know, 
I mean, there's only so many of my jokes I find interesting or funny. So we will see how that goes, but I will keep you abreast of those projects. I will also be still running my membership, which I am passionately in love with, the Rebel Sisterhood. So if you are somebody who identifies as female um, and you want to jump on board with that, I will still be doing that while I am across the pond. So uh, feel free to join me in that respect. We'll be talking a lot about that. But that is not what today is, is about. Today is about dun 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 our season finale topic. Um, it is our season finale because when I said to a lot of people I knew, oh, I'm going to be stopping and and ending the first season, they said, oh my god, you're going to do this subject before you go, right? This is the one I'm most excited about. This is the one I'm most interested about. Um, and I'm like, really, the masturbation one wasn't the one that you were most excited about. <laughs> it's the one I was most excited about. But everybody wanted me to do. Um, the podcast on toxic compromise. What is toxic compromise? And so that is what we are going to be talking about today. And the first thing I want to get into about this and what really made me kind of coin this term um, of toxic compromise is because society tells us all the time that to have a healthy relationship, you have to compromise. To have a healthy relationship with our friends, with our family, with coworkers, and certainly in a romantic partnership, you have to compromise. You hear that all the time. And unfortunately, nobody teaches us what compromise is, true compromise. Nobody teaches us how to compromise correctly. And society doesn't actually mean that when they say it. What society really wants us to do is settle. So when it talks about, oh, you need to compromise in relationships, what they really mean is you have to settle for what you get, for what's in front of you, right? Because society wants you to be a good subordinate little employee, to be a good son or daughter, to be a wonderful, um, compassionate, loving doormat of a friend, and certainly to stay in romantic relationship above all else right? It's not about being happy in a relationship. It is about being in a relationship. Why? Because if you're in a relationship, then we can um, make you feel guilty enough or ashamed enough um, into living the status quo of having children. Um, Obviously, there's nothing wrong with having children, but not children are not right for everybody. And society tells us, oh, but you have to have children, right? Because then children will go and they will consume more and they will spend more and they will help rich people get richer. So society wants us to settle, and I never, ever, ever want you to settle. So that is why it is so vitally important that we talk about this. And I challenge clients on this all the time. Are you compromising or are you settling? And so I looked up, um, I looked up the true definition of compromise. Of course I did. Of course, because that's what I love to do. And compromising says to come to an agreement through mutual concession. Both sides have to give in. Both sides have to get something in order for it to be compromise. But unfortunately, what we often do is that we give in without the other person giving in. I like to say, it's not compromise when they get what they want and you get them. Perfect example. I was in a very long-term relationship. 
and I had a best friend for many, many years and she got married. And I knew her and her husband when she got married, you know, um, my partner and I um, spent some time, quite a bit of time with her and her husband. And then I ended that relationship many, many years later. And my friend's husband came up to me and said, you know, my wife always talks about how you're her best friend and you're the most amazing woman she's ever known and tells me all these incredible stories about you and who you are. And she just puts you on this high pedestal of how amazing you are. And I couldn't wait to meet you. And then I met you and you were none of those things. You were none of those things. You were quiet. You were self-conscious. You looked at the ground all the time. You let your partner speak for you. And I just thought, why? Why? Why is this my wife's best friend? This can't possibly be this woman that she talks about being funny and happy and silly and loud and outgoing and gregarious. This couldn't be the same woman. But now that I see you without him, I finally see that woman that she talked about. And it's so nice to meet you. (sighs) That story brings so many tears to my eyes, obviously, as you can tell. And it does because... I made so many what I thought were compromises to be in this long-term relationship. And I realized that he got me to change and become the person that he wanted me to be. And his compromise, I got him. I got to be with him. And I loved him very, very much. And I wanted desperately to be good enough for him to be worthy of him, to keep him. And to keep him, I had to keep him happy. And when I look back now and I think about the woman that I am, the woman I was, and what he wanted were very, very different things. He wanted a subservient partner. He wanted a quiet partner. He wanted to be the center of attention. He wanted somebody that... Um, deferred to him, leaned on him, respected him. He was big on being respected, which actually meant feared. And I did all those things. I dimmed my light to be the good subservient partner. Um, All the things that he said he loved about me when he met me, suddenly when we were in a long-term relationship, he did not like any of those things anymore. He was very threatened by my outgoingness, um, by my loudness, by my flirtatious nature. And if you know me, you know when I say that I'm flirtatious, that means I flirt with men, women, children, dogs, lampposts. It's just flirtatiousness is just effervescently me, right? I'm going to make everything into a dirty joke, a sexual joke. Um, I'm always going to be the loudest in the room. This is who I am. And now at this age, when I go on a date with a man and he goes, wow, you're really loud. I used to find shame in that. Wow, you talk a lot. I used to be self-conscious. And then I luckily at this point have been through enough 
had enough therapy to say, yes, I am. I am extremely loud. I'm 40 years old. I can't be quieter. So you have to love that about me. You have to love how talkative I am. You need to not be threatened by my intelligence because I refuse to defer to you on subjects I know a lot about. I refuse to be small so that I don't make you insecure. But there was a time when I was willing to give up everything about me in order to have him, in order to stay in that relationship. And that is not compromise, but I've been sold my whole life by society that that's what a relationship is about. It's about compromise. And so I want to talk about what is compromise. As I said, the definition of compromise is that both parties give in. So a great example of a compromise would be, hey, let's um, go on vacation here. I want to go somewhere where we can ski, right? Well, I want to go somewhere where we lay on the beach. It's a silly example, but you see what I'm saying. Okay, well, how about this year we go somewhere we can ski, next year we go to the beach, Right? That is compromise. I'll get what I want now, then next year you get what you want. Same thing with where you're going to eat, right? Oh, I want Chinese. Okay, I want Italian. All right, tonight Chinese, tomorrow Italian. That is a compromise. I get something, you get something. Or maybe I want Italian, I want Chinese. Okay, we can't decide on either, so how about we go for um, sushi, We both like sushi. Sure, each one of us would want the thing that we want a little bit more, but we are both willing to bring down what we want a little bit to have something that works for both of us. So maybe I want Italian at a 10, you want um, what you want at a 10, right? But we can bring down and both win at an eight. That is compromise. It is not compromise when somebody says, I want Italian, and the other person says, oh, I want Indian. So you go to Indian. That's not compromise. And when the person says, yeah, but I want Indian. Yeah, we always do Italian. We're going to do Indian. That's not compromise. Unless truly you look at it and say, yeah, you're right. We always do what I want. You're right. This time we can do what you want. Sure. That would also be compromise. But how often is it not compromise and it's settling to make the other person happy? I wanted to make a little list for you of some of the things off the top of my head that you do not have to compromise on. These are things you do not have to compromise on. I'm reminding you this again because we say, oh, you have to compromise on everything. Oh, in a relationship, everything is compromised. And that is not fucking true. You never have to compromise on your values. I see this happen a lot with clients. They'll compromise on their values in order to stay in a relationship, whether that is a romantic relationship or that is a family, right? We have a family of vastly different views than we have, whether that's politically or socially or whatever it is. We often will think, well, we're compromising when we're with them, but we're really settling. We do not have to compromise our values. 
we do, as we, as I just said in this last story, we do not have to compromise who we are as a person, right? I like who I am. I like being loud and outgoing and always on the edge of inappropriateness and being fun and silly and being smart. And I am a larger than life person. I do not have to compromise on that. When I was in my relationship with um, the man who had children and I said, you do realize that I swear like a, like my parents were a sailor meeting a truck driver, right? I would say my mother was a sailor. My father was a truck driver. And then they made me because I swear all the time, it is a part of who I am. It is a part of how I express myself. And yes, I am, I can compromise in certain situations, but I'm not going to compromise in my own home. And so, um, I even said compromise in certain situations. It's not compromise. I can settle and I can change in certain situations that I feel comfortable doing that. in. I wouldn't, um, you know, I wouldn't swear at, an old age home, right? And because I don't want to offend those people and I'm okay with not offending those people or, um, you know, somebody's school play, right? I'm not going to drop the F-bomb of all oh, these fucking kids are so fucking good, right? You know, like <laughs> I have some decorum and I'm willing to change those things for those very small specific circumstances. But I told my partner, I am unwilling to change how I speak in my own home. We have two small children. They're going to hear me swear all the time. And he was like, yeah, I know. I know what I signed up for when I got you. And we will just teach them that those are adult words that adults use. And they can't use those words until they're adults. And they may get in trouble at school for dropping them every once in a while. And we will deal with that because that's who I am. And I have a right to be that way, in, especially in my own home. So not having to change who you are as a person. The other one is religious beliefs. Man, I get this one more than I would have thought I would get with clients. That somebody changes their belief system because of their partner. And what I often see, and I'm sure it goes many different ways, but I often see somebody who is very religious or very spiritual marry or end up in a long-term relationship with somebody who is an atheist. And they start the relationship by thinking, well, we just don't have to talk about religion. We just don't have to uh, talk about spirituality. That's my thing. It's okay if it's me. It's special. It's private. Um, and it's okay. Like, he respects that that's my thing. Um, and so it's just my thing. And then he has his thing. It's fine. And then slowly over time, their religious or spiritual beliefs get chipped away at until they don't ex- go to church anymore or they don't have religious friends anymore, or they don't bring up uh, their points of view that may come from a religious or a spiritual belief system until they stop feeling it even in themselves, where they can't even find their creator or the universe inside themselves. And they just start getting pulled more and more into the direction of the person that does not have spiritual beliefs. And it could be vice versa, right? You don't have any and this person has a lot and then they suddenly need you to go to church with them. They suddenly need you to respect God's authority. They need you to, right? And they're pulling you into this, that you should compromise your belief systems about spirituality and religion and you do not need to compromise on that. 
You also do not need to compromise on how you want to live your life. You do not need to compromise on how you want to live your life. This is a hard one. This is a hard one in relationships because so often we settle for what our partner wants, where our partner wants to live, what sort of job our partner is going to take and therefore change our money situation or that job is somewhere far away that we don't want to live that they want to have children and we don't want to have children. I was in a relationship with a man that I cared very deeply for and he wanted children and I don't. And we went back, we went back and forth and back and forth. And I said, well, I mean, you sure you want kids? He's like, yeah. I, I said, well, I, I maybe could have one. And he said, well, I would like three. And I was like, well, I'm definitely not having three. I was older at this point and knew that three was definitely on the table. So I started to think, well, I guess the compromise is we could have one. That would have dramatically changed the course of my life. And I just had to stop and say, what am I doing? How is this compromise? This sounds like settling, not like compromise. Because how much of my life and the trajectory of my life and where it's going to go will be compromised by giving this compromise And I realized it was too much. There was too much that was going to be taken away from me. And that relationship wasn't going to work. Because you don't have to change how you want to live your life. And I think this is so, so much of what couples struggle with in relationships is that they have not talked about where they want their life to go together And it's just one person making decisions and the other person following. It's like, yeah, well, that it's okay. You know, (laughs) relationships about compromise. No, it sounds like it's about settling. It's about they have something that they want and you don't have what you want. So I dated a very short, uh, very short while I dated a, um, a firefighter and he said, you know, one thing you have to know about dating me is I can't ever leave the town I live in. I was like, um, excuse me? And he said, I can't ever leave the town because the way it works to be a firefighter is that I have gained all this seniority. Um, I have these benefits. I've worked incredibly hard to be where I am in the ranks. Um, and if I moved, I would start all the way at the bottom if I went somewhere else. And so I can't. So as a compromise my wife or partner that I would be living with, um, I would let her choose anywhere she wants to live in the city, um, any house she wants, um, any way she wants it decorated, whatever she wants within that city that I have to be in, I'm fine with. She can have whatever she wants there because I know I'm asking for this huge compromise of we have to stay in the city, um, in this specific city for my job. So over here is where I'm already willing to give all this compromise. And I loved that. I really thought about that instead of this, well, if you want to be with me, the compromise is you never can live anywhere else besides this city. It's not a compromise. That's I get what I want and need 
and you get me. So I was really grateful when he brought that up of here's what I'm willing to also give. So I want you to think about that and remember that when you are looking at compromise and and you'll start to notice that with the people around you, what is compromise and what is settling and to remind yourself that compromise in order to be true compromise goes both ways. They also have to give something. And you can change some of your actions if you choose, and they can change some of theirs. But if somebody is asking you to change something about who you are, something about what you value, something about a belief system you have, or what you want for your life, those are things you never have to compromise on. That is toxic compromise. And you deserve better than that. I love you guys. I'm going to miss you guys while I'm gone. I mean, not a lot because I'll be in Europe, but I will definitely miss you guys. Come check me out on Instagram and TikTok at Coach Rochelle Indra and join me. I would love it if you join me in the Rebel Sisterhood. I would love to get to hang out with you every month. And I will see you um, in a couple of months, starting again in fall on season two of the shit they should have taught you in school, but didn't. Love you guys. Take care of yourself. So there you have it. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode and follow me at Coach Rochelle Indra on TikTok and Instagram.